0: Like you've never seen before. Call me crazy, but he's not going to win. What? What? This is NASCAR. This is the Behind the Wall Podcast, brought to you by Behind the Wall Media, your source for all things NASCAR. Bringing you the weekly NASCAR news with a comedic edge and a hot side of cold takes. The Behind the Wall Podcast with your hosts, Henry Hobbs, Josh Slate, Adam Thomas, and Jay Young. Now, pull those belts tight and hit the gas. You got a Jeff Black. wall podcast episode 73 it's post daytona i'm kind of sad because i love i love daytona so much i love speed weeks all the action that we get i think we had five straight nights of nascar with uh practice qualifying duels uh truck xfinity arca cup it was the great it's the greatest week of the year by far
1: yeah it's a what a great weekend uh you got qualifying practice, Arca Trucks, Xfinity Cup. You you got it all at Daytona. And like you said, it's it's kind of sad to think about that it's gone. But we got a whole season ahead of us, 35 races until we crown a champion in the Cup Series. I don't know, a handful of other races in Xfinity and Truck. But the season's just starting, and we saw a really good race at Daytona. I think better than a lot of people anticipated.
0: Yeah, I was I was fully prepared to have one of the worst Daytona 500s of all time, and I was really kind of bummed about it because there's so much hype behind uh, NASCAR right now, especially with the next gen car and the the clash at the Coliseum. You've got so many, you've got tons of extra eyes on NASCAR, and we get to Daytona with this uh, brand new car with half the half the teams don't even have backup cars, so you you compile all these potential issues and it's a recipe to have an atrocious race where it's a tr- it's a freight train the entire race and maybe you get a couple laps of action at the end, but that is not what we saw. But I do want to touch on the other races before we get to Cup. Uh let's start with Arco because you were you were there working uh as a PR guy correct?
1: Yeah, I did PR and social media work with Mullins Racing. So ended up uh qualified fairly well. Uh had like top twenty speed. It's just kinda like where we were. Got rammed in practice so or qualifying actually. So car ran into us on pit road. Had to do some lengthy repairs. Started at the rear of the field with the three car, which was Willie Mullins and oh three car is a uh, guy's first asphalt oval race. He usually races uh figure eights. His name's Brayton Laster. He drove for us and he just showed really good speed all weekend. So it was cool to see him get up there and um really performed because uh like i said it's his first asphalt oval race and you make your first start on daytona it's it's nuts to think about but so but we ended up finishing 13th and 14th but the race was your typical arc at daytona you get single file venturini's going around leading the pack Corey heim started on paul Corey heim won the race it's it was just one of those races didn't get cautions when we needed them so kind of wound up 13th and 14th which the way daytona has gone for the team in the past couple of years uh it's just
0: it's not the part of,
1: the of it yeah we like we had a like a probably race winning car but got a text today asking if i want to get a talladega race mm. these same two cars at uh talladega here in a couple months so we're fixing up to uh, go chase some checkered flags here in a couple months
0: yeah that sounds actually pretty sweet and i was I think that the lead up to the Daytona 500 going back to the potential for it to be a really bad race, all the races going up to it for the non NASCAR fan, you know, just the casual uh, set of eyes that tune in. I was worried because we saw for Daytona relatively calm races, not too many cautions, no uh, absurd wrecks. And you know, just the, the, the classic stuff you would see at a super speedway race. And I'm, I got done with watching the Xfinity race on Saturday night, and I'm like, I'm 100% correct. This is going to be atrocious, but I was so wrong.
1: Yeah, we had uh, really good races in, like, truck and Xfinity, so it's like one of these races has to be bad, and all eyes pointed, it's like Cup Race is just going to be really bad, and we had a good race. Didn't know how the new car would perform and ended up performing well. Had a lot of wrecks. I'm sure a lot of hurt feelings in the garage with, not knowing how many cars they have, what they need to repair on this car, because you got to think like, if something breaks on this car, it could be breaking something different than what it did on a Gen Six. So you really have to diagnose like which part broke on this car, and if this part broke, where does that go into that possibly hurt something else? So it's you got to learn a whole lot. I'm sure these cars are going to take a while to get repaired, and we might not even see the same car race at Talladega.
0: Oh, yeah, it will surprised me one bit because. We, we see what's, what's going on with the Austin Sendrick car. That, that car's going to the Penske Hall of, uh, or Penske Museum. Let's and talk Nas- about that real quick. NASCAR it needs to go to Daytona. Na- well, NASCAR, that original. I mean, uh, normally, yes, the car does go to Daytona. But this year, because of the, sh- the park shortages, uh, NAS- uh, Daytona said that they're going to do a 3D scan of the car and then wrap it. So instead of the actual car, it's going to be a show car with a wrap of all the confetti, whatever. It's going to look the right. same. But uh, so that was that was done so that these teams could, you know, if they need to use the same car for Fontana, they could. Penske just absolutely alpha Daytona and the Alpha NASCAR and said, you know, we're not even going to use the car. We we've got so many cars that we're just going to stick it in our Hall of Fame, which you know it makes sense. But at the end of the day, uh, I I mean, I don't think the car should go just because they already they already announced that uh, this is what was going to happen. I think it should have that that should have been done on a team by team basis. You know, if uh, a Rick Ware racing team won the Daytona 500, I think that's when it should have been scanned. But, you know, Penske or uh, Hendrick or even Gibbs, they've probably got backup cars where they can sacrifice one of these cars to go to the Hall of – or go to the Daytona Museum. But that's that's a big balls move. Yeah, like
1: it's – you let the car go to the Penske Museum, but I feel like it's an honor to go and have your car displayed as – the reigning Daytona 500 champion in the museum, like you get the car back. You see, Denny Hamlin has his car inside his house. Like his 2016 Daytona 500 car is inside of his house. And if you watch the new Bubble Wallace documentary, you'll Great. see a lot of him and have him talk about it. And that car can go into the museum one day, but it belongs in the Daytona Museum. So I'm just kind of, it sucks to not have it in the museum and have a replica of it. It's, basically just like one giant die cast if we're being yep. honest so i don't know it is what it is but damn it
0: hurts yeah speaking of bubba though i i, I want to get your opinion on this so you know nascar social media they always find some slant to start trashing bubba or whatever so he finishes second and as one would act when they finish second of the daytona 500 especially that close He was upset. He was not happy that he finished second. And then everyone started jumping on him saying, oh, he should be grateful that he finished second, yada, yada, yada. Do you think his his tone and his anger, I won't say anger, but his disappointment at the end of the race was justified? I mean, I think it's justified,
1: but it's just when it happens, you don't know if they're like a pissed off kind of monotone or just like a god this sucks monotone like a dejection kind of thing and with them i think it's dejection but i don't know it he just has a weird tone of voice and it's hard for i think a lot of people who don't typically watch the sport to like say like oh this is how he acts normally oh or oh this guy's a A a-hole like you just gotta like you gotta know the guy and like that reaction we've seen him come so close he finished second in the duel last year finished second uh in the daytona 500 i guess three years ago yeah finished second this year so he's come so close to winning at daytona and i'd be upset if uh i finished second that many times at daytona i finished second in an iRacing race at daytona the other day and i was pissed off
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's totally justified i mean you think about a in nascar you want a natural competitor to go to the track and to work their butt off to try to win the race, you don't want to. You don't want to have some guy out there who's just, you know, I'm just happy that I, I had a second place finish the Daytona 500, the biggest race of the year. You hear it so many times uh, during the the pre race coverage of the Daytona 500. It is the Super Bowl of NASCAR, the biggest race, and to finish second twice in his career, that's got to be that's got to suck. So, you know, I'd much rather have a fan that gets called a or uh, much rather have a, a driver that gets called a crybaby or you know someone who's not appreciative for a second place finish because that just shows that he wants to win the race. He's not happy with second place and I think that's a key uh, that's that's the key attitude to have in NASCAR that you are never satisfied with where you're at. And that's just a, that's just a life lesson right there. You never want to be satisfied with where you're at. You want to figure out how do I get to the next level? How do I win the next Daytona Daytona 500 if you don't reach your goal? You should be pissed off, and that should fuel you to the next season, uh, to go win that Daytona 500, to go win the next race. Like I, I think of, uh, like it, it, that just kind of reminded me of Sa- like Nick Saban. Uh, whenever Nick Saban loses, or actually back in 2008, Alabama lost to Florida in the SEC championship game. They took a, they had a picture of the store, of uh, the score, and they hung it up in the locker room, and that was motivation for the uh for the rest of or the for the next season so every time they were in the locker room they saw that score and it just pissed them off so that's motivation so I think at the end of the day I love I love Bubba Wallace I love his his attitude towards NASCAR I think he's he's a great personality to have in NASCAR he obviously wants to win races he's got the equipment to do it and I think we're gonna we could see one two wins out of him this season but I've got no issue with him being pissed off I like Honestly, I'd much rather see a driver get out of the car after a second-place finish in the Daytona 500, throw his helmet and set his car on fire because he was that pissed off that he didn't finish first. Because then you know the next time that they're at that track, they're going to try even harder, and they're going to race harder, and we're going to get better action on the track. So if you're crying if you're calling him a crybaby and uh, digging him for being upset that he finished second, you're dead to me.
1: Yeah, I feel like... I I hate relating NASCAR to stick and ball sports just because they're totally different. But do you see when teams lose a Super Bowl or like a big game, they're like, yeah 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 we lost, but I'm super thankful to be here.
0: And well, it's totally different because yeah I feel like forty forty forty. That's what
1: yeah that's the point I was getting to. It's yeah when you go out there, he finished second. Of, he's going against like thirty nine different teams. When you go to a Super Bowl, you're playing against one team, the best team in the league. So if you lose, you're like oh we lost to the best team in the league when you go to Daytona while it's the Super Bowl you're going against 39 of the best competitors in all of American motorsports and you might not necessarily lose to the greatest team in the world Austin Cindrick's not the greatest racing driver in America and he won the race so when you lose that it's kind of anybody's race and one day that uh bubble Wallace is going to get a Daytona 500 victory when it comes we won't know but i think it's right there he's got the super speedway talent and i think that's personally where he's fastest at it goes uh super speedways at one then he's fantastic on short uh short tracks so i think come a couple more years he'll get a short track victory too and i just want to f- see that twenty three eleven team be good
0: yeah i mean honestly they have the best paint schemes in the garage so obviously you'd want to uh you'd want to see them do well because you know seeing those cars uh burn it down would be pretty awesome
1: yeah i agree but let's well, not focus on just one team anymore we there's there was so much that happened in the 500 you had harrison burton go upside down a, a rookie welcome to the cup series harrison burton going upside down in daytona 500 and i think car design's gonna was cause of that with the i want to say
0: something on that point because i was telling someone they're like, oh, I just why why does why does NASCAR why why are they uh regressing in speed? And I'm like, well, in the day, you gotta you gotta get to a point where the cars are not gonna flip as soon as they get turned around. So if you reduce the speed, you lessen the chance of a car going airborne because that is so dangerous. Even with the safety, something could go wrong. So I'm like, the odds that a car is gonna flip at, you know, 190 miles an hour is a lot less than, you know, two hundred 202 miles an hour that they're running at talladega in spring of 2019 what do we get like 20 30 laps into the race i don't I don't know how many laps yeah all of a sudden we got a brand new car flipping and i'm sitting there in my chair i'm like i feel like an idiot
1: yeah it's uh it's one of them but then you think they were roof flaps were malfunctioning all day the bottom of the car is just flat so i didn't know that when yeah when that happens the car is just going to get picked up off the ground so i think we might see a design change later in the season or even next season to maybe change the bottom of the body just to limit the kind of flips we get. But the racing overall was really good. Yeah, we were single file for a lot of it, but when they needed to get double file, even three wide, it's the cars were very racy, and you saw that in the duels. While the duels were kind of boring, when they could race, the racing was good.
0: Yeah, so I think we're going to see a totally different product once we get to Talladega because obviously the stock of the cars are going to be, you're going to have a greater stock back at the shop, so there's not going to be as much hesitant. uh, You're not going to be as hesitant to, uh, you know, not wreck your car. Obviously, you don't want to wreck your car, but if you do wreck your car, not the end of the world. So I think Talladega is going to be unbelievable. Talladega, I feel like always
1: produces better racing than Daytona just because of how wide it is, and I think the surface. I disagree. Really. I think the surface is yeah. kind of makes it a little better racing. I feel like at Talladega, we get single file for a while, but the finishes are always just phenomenal at Daytona. You, you usually know the winner coming once you pass pit road, but at Talladega, you have the front stretch curve, and then you come to the start finish line on the short shoot. It's,
0: I don't I think, know. It, I, think I think that influences if you could, the
1: wild finishes.
0: I think if you could switch the, the track dimensions for the, for both of those tracks, the racing at their respective tracks would get better. So if Daytona, uh, if Daytona had a, uh, with actually, uh, I don't know what I was trying to say anyways, but if Daytona was, uh, was, or sorry, Talladega, if Talladega was skinnier, I think the racing that we would see is pretty sweet, but if they move the start finish line up, like they'd have it at Daytona or at Talladega, the racing at daytona would be unbelievable are you I, literally fat shaming talladega yes i am fat shaming talladega oh I mean, my I god i love i love, I love yeah i love the i love how wide it is i think it's awesome but i also enjoy how skinny uh i love how beautifully skinny daytona is oh, that
1: got creepy i know uh
0: <laughs> i just I, I think it promotes better racing when you know there's honest where you, you really can't go four wide you could do that at at Talladega, but at Daytona, there's just something about being three wide, and even even once you're three wide, you're you still don't have that much uh, space between you know the apron and the wall on either side. But if you're a three wide at Talladega, you've got a lot of space. So I think that's you get more beating and begging when you're at Daytona three wide versus Talladega three wide. But I think uh you know if we had like a skinny tr- if we had Talladega as a skinny track with the uh, like Daytona width with the star finish line in the same spot. That racing would be even better, just because the the skinny track just promotes beating and banging and
1: chaos. Yeah, I agree. So we need we need something to happen. So Daytona and Talladega have a baby, and then we can kind of come up with something there. I think so I just think-
0: switch the uh, just I think I th- I, th- I would say switch the uh, the width. So take the width of Talladega, put it at Daytona because you're gonna get good racing with that. But take the uh, the width at Daytona and turn that or take that width send it to talladega and talladega would be like 20 million times better it's hey, already you great. have your connections at talladega let's let's go and make it happen not anymore ah come on yeah the, uh, the, NAS- uh, the the ice the ic to nascar transition killed off about half of my talladega i gotcha so we talked
1: about wide racetracks there i don't think there is a wider track than auto club you Look at the corners at that place. You, you, they were talking about it last week. There's like eight different lanes that you can run at Auto Club. You can run up by the wall, all the way, pretty much on the apron in the middle of the track. There's, it's gonna be nuts. And I'm interested to see how the next gen car is. We talked about it a lot, and I don't know. I think Auto Club's a pretty good track. I'm excited to talk about that here a little later. But Daytona was good, and I, I don't want to move on yet.
0: So, uh, well, I've got one more topic for you since you don't want to move on. I, I oh wasn't going to talk about it, but since, since you don't want to move on from Dayton, I guess we'll talk about Behind the Wall's favorite topic, and that's rogue tires. Uh, if you didn't notice, we officially have a rogue tire counter on our Twitter. So, if you click on our profile, go to our location, we're going to keep track of every single rogue tire this season. We were big fans of it last year just because it's, it's funny to watch them wobble down the track. Uh, not very safe. They are not safe at all. They're very dangerous. But when they're contained, they're, they're silly to watch. So we've got the Rogue Tire counter. But I, we saw two this weekend. And I don't think there's ever been a race where we've seen two Rogue Tires on the track. So, you know, obviously, we're moving from a, a five lug to a single lug. Do you think that this is going to be a recurring issue each and every week? Or do you think this is just, you know, Daytona first race where we've got live pit stops or live pit stops that truly mean something? or do you think it was just user error not going to happen again
1: yeah i will say you're gonna have a really proud moment here when uh somebody lost a tire on pit road during the xfinity race and i watched that race uh from the stands i pointed at it and yelled rogue tire but i couldn't get my phone (laughs) out fast enough to like take a video or whatever but well actually we've got got
0: i think we do we should we refine what a rogue tire means at this point. Should it be, you know, if a tire gets away on pit road and rolls into the grass, would that be a rogue tire? I don't or think so. only I feel if like it, comes it has to come car. off the car. I feel like uh you know, we'll 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 do a check midway through the season to see if we need to expand the uh definition of a behind the wall rogue tire. Yeah, but I, I want think, I want many rogue tires.
1: Yeah, I like a lot of rogue tires, but I think when we're looking at uh the new tire, obviously going to one lug. We talked about it yesterday uh, when we were talking about the race. It was you're used to the sound of like the high pitch, like ding 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 ding, and you go on it. And a, b- a bunch of these guys are truck teams, Xfinity, where they're still using the five lug wheels, and now they're using the single lug, so it's a different sound, and it's gonna be hard for them to really get the lugs on tight because they're trying to get used to this new sound. You go so many years hearing the high pitch gun. And now you got this weird sounding gun, you don't know what <laughs> the sound is when it's tight. That's pretty much what it sounds like. <sniffs> and uh yeah, I don't know. I feel like towards the middle of the season we're gonna see less of it, but I wouldn't be surprised if we have one here and there moving forward.
0: Yeah. I uh, I'm a fan of the rogue tire as long as it's contained, and I always will be. But uh all right, let's jump into rogue uh not rogue tire. Yeah, Mount Rushmore of Rogue Tires. How about that? <laughs> 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 that would be tough. Uh, no, we've got Mount Rushmore, and it's the Mount Rushmore of zero-win NASCAR drivers. So it's any driver that has zero wins in their main series. Uh, but before we get to that, I do want to give a shout-out to our uh, sponsor of Mount Rushmore Fan Cards. If you're looking for a debit or gift card for your favorite college team, then you need to know about Fan Cards. They've got licensed gift and debit cards powered by MasterCard for over 25 of the biggest teams in college sports plus when you order a card and set up direct deposit you're automatically entered to win tickets to see your team play just head to myfancard.com to learn more once again that's myfancard.com go get your go get your fan cards just imagine imagine you get an Alabama Crimson Tide fan card you set up direct deposit on that bad boy and all of a sudden you're going to see Alabama and LSU in tuscaloosa i know they don't play in tuscaloosa or you could this see year, uh bama georgia in
1: a national championship game and have georgia blow the doors off them, go to dogs baby
0: yeah I, w- I wouldn't say blow the doors off them uh but you, you know you, if you how many national championships does randolph macon have no oh, we're gonna have what about richmond have. what about richmond you Dang. look at the
1: scale of richmond compared to uh bama and you know when you like pay your players that much money to come there every year, it, it's kind of easy. Technically, I feel like technically, it's not paying really. your
0: players if you give them a Dodge Charger. No, That's okay. gifting them a Dodge Charger.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: All right, let's get to uh, let's get to Mount Rushmore. Josh, I'm gonna let you start first because I know you're very adamant about your number one pick. Hit yeah, my me. number one pick's the
1: best there is. Plain and it simple, it's Tyler, the man Reddick. He's one of the best drivers in the Cup Series. We talk about it every uh I'm pretty sure I mention it every week, so Tyler Reddick's up there. Hasn't got a win yet, but I think it's going to come in bunches this year.
0: In bunches.
1: In bunches.
0: Bunches. I'm going to go across the border to Mexico. My number one pick for Mount Rushmore of zero-win NASCAR drivers, I'm going to go with Daniel Suarez. The dude was great in Xfinity. Hasn't been as is impressive in the Cup Series, but I think he's still got a lot of talent. He, I, I don't believe that he, you know, I, it's it's tough to say this, but I don't think he performed as well as he could have in Hendrick and Stuart Haas equipment. I, I'm gonna, I think that Track House is a good spot for him. I think he's gonna notch out some wins here real soon. But I'm gonna go number one pick Daniel Suarez. When did Suarez race Hendrick equipment? Did I say Hendrick? Yeah, I meant to say Stuart Haas. Uh, yeah,
1: I'm going to go with second Oopsies. pick. A Stuart Haas racing driver now, who's, I think, a lot more talented than the car's capable of. I'm going to say Chase Briscoe. I feel like he's shown speed at road courses. He's going to, there's a bunch of road courses on the schedule this year. He races GT cars here and there. So I think Chase Briscoe is a really talented guy, but that Stuart Haas racing bunch needs to be faster this year.
0: It's a good pick. Uh, My second pick, I'm going to go with Ross Chastain. I'm sticking with Trackhouse. Uh, He's gotten wins in, uh in the other series. And I think he's a very talented driver. Uh, Ross Chastain. He he's so far with cup series. He's been with his premium, right? Uh, yeah. It was premium. Yeah. Premium. So obviously you ain't going to win in that, in that equipment. And then he had uh, a full year with chip Ganassi and obviously chip Ganassi is, it's not Hendrick or Gibbs equipment. I would be surprised if he got a win there. I was surprised that Kurt Busch got two wins with uh with Chip Ganassi, like they, they're they're a solid, you know, top fifteen team. But I think now that he's with Trackhouse, he's got a great opportunity where his colors are truly going to shine. That he's he's a solid driver. So I'm going to go Ross Chastain as my second pick. Huh? With my pick, I'll go Sheldon Creed. He's uh
1: making the jump up to Xfinity this year. Won a truck title. I think he's really talented. If he can pull in a couple more sponsors, I feel like he'd be a really killer driver in Xfinity or hopefully make the move up the cup one day. But I think Sheldon Creed's just a really good guy, really good personality in the Xfinity series, and hopefully uh, can bring Richard Childress Racing some wins.
0: Good pick. I'm going to go third pick. I'm going to go Kaz Grala. I think he's a super talented driver. And uh, in the Xfinity Series, he has not gotten that first win. But I think, you know, if he if he can find a way to get in decent equipment, I think he's got the talent to take that car into victory lane. So, number three pick, Kaz Gurala. I'm going to
1: stoop down to the truck series here. I'm going to go Carson Hosivari. Made the playoffs last year. A, a really good guy. It's another one of those drivers who I feel like is – better than what their car is capable of, or truck in this circumstance. And the Nice car, I think, or truck. Jeez, I keep messing that up. So uh, I think we saw what uh, Ross Chastain could do with Nice a couple years ago, almost winning a championship. Yep. I think if... Talented. Not talented, but I think if very can get that same equipment, I think he can really do something this year.
0: Uh, I think you're, you're not giving Ross Chastain the respect he deserves the watermelon man deserves some respect. Put some respect on his name, Josh. Never. You were insane. All right. My final pick. I'm going to go with Matt Benedetto. Uh, I think he's, he is, Josh, you're shaking your head. I think he's overrated with the, uh, with the, uh, the expectations that he has currently, uh, especially with, oh, I mean, he's a very popular driver, especially when you're in the wood brothers car, you're expected. To win, you know, three, four races each year. But you look at what the drivers have done in the past. How many wins do the uh, the drivers in the twenty one have? You had Ryan look at Bunch. the drivers
1: who were driving it. You had Blaney who won. You had Paul Menard in there a couple years. Like,
0: yeah, what did what did Paul Menard do?
1: Yeah, but Paul Menard, look what he did in RCR
0: equipment. He has one win to his name, and it's at the brick and head. I'm saying I, I'm saying that it's that Wood Brothers is not. It's not a Penske right. They're affiliated with Penske, but it is not a number two discount tire ford mustang each and every week so
1: matt de benedetto came I closer think, to winning in a levine family racing car than he did in a wood brothers ride with i McKinsey think affiliation
0: i think that matt de benedetto is a talented driver i think he's overrated in terms of the expectations that people have for him just because he's a popular driver but if if he was in a joe gibbs racing car or a hendrick car he could get one or two wins? Is he going to go out there and match Kyle Larson? No, but I think he's a, he's one of the most he's one of the more talented drivers in the cup or he was in the cup series. Now he's in truck, but he was one of the one of the more talented drivers in the cup series without a win. And I chalk a lot of that up to the equipment. But let me reiterate: a five win driver, no, but one or two wins a season, yeah, maybe maybe more so one. But he could win in the right equipment. Old take. That's a hot take. We haven't done hot takes in a while, but that is a hot take. I still think he's vastly overrated. Don't don't get me wrong. I think the expectations should have been a lot, lot more lenient with him, just given the equipment. But uh Yeah, I, I think he's he's a talented driver. Yeah. I don't know. I'm interested to see what he does in a truck. Obviously
1: it's a Rackley truck, so not gonna be the fastest, but i oh, don't know we'll
0: see did you give your fourth pick Um. Uh,
1: yeah Savar <laughs> is my fourth pick who's your third uh sheldon creed
0: oh yeah sheldon okay all right let's talk about auto club speedway the first bet ba- first time back in two years no one has any idea what's going to go on or what's going to happen i'm excited for it though josh i want to get your picks or not your picks that's later yeah. in the show yeah. I guess your your thoughts about Auto Club this weekend with an next general car.
1: Auto Club is one of my favorite tracks on a circuit. The location of it just outside of LA is awesome. The scenery is awesome. The surface with how bumpy it is and how slick it is. And we're going to see tire wear. I think that'll be interesting because we really haven't seen a track that's tough on tire wear with this car. You go to Charlotte, fairly new surface. Daytona, a freshly paved LA Coliseum. Phoenix, which is perfect uh, pavement due to holding a championship race so this will be a really good test to see how tires are going to wear and I- i'm interested to see it i, I think Hendrick's going to be really good i think penske is going to be really good and if I had to pick two drivers from each of those teams i gotta say we're going to see it like a battle between william byron and ryan blaney i feel like both those guys are ready for their breakout season we saw byron get his first win a couple years ago and got a win last year and just kind of faded and ryan blaney he won a couple races last year so i think those are two way too early championship vortex
0: yeah i'd say it's very early i'm excited for this weekend and i have a feeling this i'm going to say this probably every single week but we're stepping into the great unknown and more so this weekend uh versus other tracks just because we haven't raced to this track since 2020 uh you know worn out surface they're supposed to it's supposed to be a short track by now but because of The pandemic and you know whatever we don't have that short track and i you know i don't i don't think that they should turn the track into a short track i'm still not the biggest auto club fan but it does put on decent racing and i'm really excited to see how these cars perform on the track uh so i will i'll be making my final decisions on whether they should they should nuke it into a, a short track after this weekend but i i'm i'm very excited I think these cars can definitely handle four or five wide. And like you mentioned earlier in the show, there's so many different lines to race on this track. And then you've got tire wear uh, to add to all of that. I think each team's getting 12 sets of tires. So we're going to see a lot of pit stops. We have a big possibility for some rogue tires. Way too many. I'm ready. I'm ready. My thumb thumb is ready. He's been working it out this whole show. I know. I'm just you gotta get here. you
1: one of them fidget cubes and just like start tapping on it the whole time.
0: Yeah. All right, check this one out. How how does how's that thumbs up? Oh, that was not a thumb. My that was a middle thumb. finger. No, it was not. My thumb has <laughs> got a six pack at this point because I'm sitting there just ready to start hitting this uh this rogue tire counter. But I I'm I'm very excited. I this is probably the most excited I've been a uh or the most excited I've been for an auto club race in a while, just because i i'm not a huge fan of the track i think michigan is michigan's a better track auto club is the ugly stepsister of uh of michigan but i'll give it another chance just because we have the next gen car hitting the track and you know who knows after this weekend i could be a massive fan of auto club speedway but that's to be determined
1: yeah i'm interested to see how the car holds up a lot of people were talking about how rigid this car looked at daytona and you think about daytona and it's it's a fairly bumpy too. track but that was the in-car, the in-car bumpy, cameras so. were insane. yeah so when you we go going a track that's as bumpy as fontana is it's gonna be interesting to see how suspension holds up will we see part failures i think so because one the cars are new and two i don't know how much the suspension can take when the tracks is bumpy so i hope you don't see cars bottoming out too much we saw it last week when I think Bowman ended up going four laps down because he wrecked and blew all four tires and the car was literally sitting on the ground. So he could not move. He was just spinning tires. So I hope the cars don't bottom out. I don't, we might have to raise ride heights, which I'd be cool for. So yeah, it, I don't know. it cool should be that. interesting race.
0: I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped for it. Hopefully, uh, you know, Alex Bowman gets a, another shot this weekend. And if he wins, you know, for a fact, the auto club as we know it is dead because he's the track killer. Yep, he wins at
1: Richmond and then uh they go and, and move it to a race. day race and move it all around wins at Dover, then he they go and sell the track. So I got yeah, he won at Martinsville. Martinsville moved the 400 laps. It's it's not The where dude is another win this year. He's
0: the track and format wrecker.
1: Where is the other uh, track he won at?
0: Uh Pocono. Pocono.
1: Okay. What ha- what happened not, to Pocono? Not, nothing's happened yet.
0: I thought but they. I feel no. Nah. Oh, got a double header. They, yeah, still, yeah, they do have double header. But we gotta uh, watch out. It it could happen, but I, I think I think Pocono doesn't count because he it was it was a very lucky win because Kyle Larson blew his tire in turn three. It's so I don't win. know if you can. It's a win, but I don't think it's a Bowman track killer format killer win
1: nah he might have killed the outside wall in turn three and maybe caused some repairs due to how hard larson hit it guess he can make it really stretch hit. all right
0: well, let's go ahead and jump and in, jump into picks for this weekend race winner dark horse who do you like this weekend oh we talked about
1: it earlier in the show when we were talking about auto club i think uh pinsky's gonna be really good i think hendrick's gonna be really good but i think pinsky might be able to edge him out this year obviously hendrick won the last time we were there with Alex Bowman. I think Ryan Blaney gets it done. Uh, Penske cars were good, or Fords in general were really good at Daytona. I think they're gonna have a good amount of speed. That they have something figured out. So I'm gonna go Blaney as my pick to win. And in terms of dark horse, I'm gonna go Chris Buescher. RFK Racing started out the year hot. Buescher won a duel. Buescher started out last year really hot. He almost won it. Uh, him said Miami, winning the first two stages, and ultimately William Byron got it done. But I don't know. I go Chris Buescher as a good dark horse.
0: I'm gonna stick with you, with uh, with Team Penske. I'm gonna go Joey Logano as the winner. The dude is absolutely insane when it comes out of Club Speedway. Uh, he just has a way with with that track. Same with Las Vegas. So I'm gonna go Joey Logano race winner. Dark horse. I'm gonna take your boy that you so graciously served to me on a silver platter. Like just imagine, you know, a a, a like a stereotypical hotel butler with the room service, He walks into your room with a silver platter. He takes the lid off. Boom. Who's in the, who's under the lid, Josh, who's under the lid. Little man, Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick is under the lid. I'm taking him. I don't know if he can win, but I know that he's going to, he's going to be a factor in it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him win, but I still, I still am very confident that Joey Logano is going to pull out a win. And we just, something about the forge in this next gen car. They're unbelievable.
1: I agree. They were, they were just so fast last week. Uh, Logano would have had a win in a duel last week had he not tried to clear himself and wreck himself in the duel. But, oh uh, well, it's, I think it's Ford's race to lose this week, especially at these big tracks.
0: Yep, it's a Ford resurgence, that's for sure. All right. This Sunday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox Cup Series at Auto Club Speedway. Get excited. Get hype. We're back. Speaking of back, we'll be back next week behind the wall podcast. We'll see you soon.